Hey friends, welcome to the Sally Allen podcast. You know, every week I share the same thing and you probably heard it over and over again, but this podcast is a platform for people to come and share their stories of resilience. And boy, do we have a story for you today. Mm. I have done many, many about, I think we're in our 10th episode, but, and I've had amazing stories, but today I'm so excited to have Gary Miracle on our show. Gary was introduced to me by my friend Missy Day, and uh, I promise Missy I'll put a plug in here. <laughs> she had <laughs> an event called What's Your Story in October, and Gary will be speaking at this event, and it's um, whatsyourstory.vegas if you would like to get a ticket. Um, I, I guess, you know, uh, Gary's story is inspirational. Having lost all four limbs a few years ago to sepsis, Gary now uses his story to encourage others and to inspire people. And that's why he's agreed to be on this podcast today. So Gary, welcome. I don't want to take anything away from your story. So I'm going to give you the platform to share your story. My goodness gracious. Thank you so much for this platform and for what you're doing and, and just giving people like me a voice, you know, for whoever is out there and wants to or needs to hear something like this. But um, like you had mentioned, uh, my name is Gary Miracle. Um, I am 40 years old. And two years ago, um, when I was 38 years old, uh, it was right after Christmas, uh, around December 27, 2019, I started feeling sick. Everything was fine up until that point, kind of, you know, the, the all-American life thing, you know, with my kids and sports and school and church and we were just kind of doing it all. And right after Christmas, I got sick. And in a matter of five days, my sickness got progressively worse, where it was now New Year's Eve, 2019, December 31st. I ended up going to the hospital for the fourth time and being admitted. And they were telling me that at that time I was falling into septic shock. And I actually was airlifted from one hospital to another. And when I arrived at the, the second hospital, I coded and I was laying lifeless on a hospital bed for just over 11 minutes uh, from 7, 17 a.m. on January 1st, 2020 until 7, 28 or 29 a.m. Uh, January 1st, 2020. And uh, they were able to resuscitate me, bring me back to life. And then from that second, uh, I was put on life support and I was in a coma for 10 days. And on January 10th, 2020, um, I woke up from my coma and learned what all uh, was about to happen to me moving forward from there. So uh, that's that's a very 30,000 foot uh, overview of what happened to me. So uh, we can kind of drill into that from there. Wow. Gary, waking up from that and finding out what will happen, right? What was your state of mind? Um, it was all over the place, really. Um, you know, I, I went from feeling sick after Christmas in between Christmas and New Year's um, and then having kind of a, uh, a memory block almost. And I don't, I don't remember a lot of this happening, but I, I just remember waking up from the coma and seeing my mom's face and then learning all that had just happened to me. And they were telling me right then and there that they had to make the tough decision on my behalf when I was in my coma and put on life support that um, 
a huge advantage, a huge increase in percentage to save my life was going to be if they amputated all four of my limbs. So if they were able to cut off my hands and legs so that all of my blood and oxygen and circulation in my body could pump to my core organs to keep them functioning, that was my best chance of survival. Um, without doing that, they gave me a 1.7% chance to live. And if I did wake up from the coma, I would have been brain dead and, you know, vegetable, you know, as they call it, um, in a hospital bed. So learning in my situation and learning that they had to make that tough decision on my hat, on my behalf to lose my life or lose my limbs. And they chose to, to cut my limbs off. So they told me about that when I woke up. Uh, I, I, I promise you, you know, as much as I can right now, that I am not some super Christian Sunday school answer kind of guy. Uh, but I just remember my dad telling me that I was going to have my limbs amputated. And I remember looking at him and I, I don't know where it came from, but uh, there's a verse in the book of Job in the Bible in chapter one, verse 21, that says the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Uh, but blessed be the name of the Lord. And I just remember thinking and feeling in that moment that you know, the Lord has given me so much my entire life. He's given me anything I could have wanted or, or needed or asked for. Um, and at that point in time in my life, two years ago, he decided it was time to take away. And it was time to take away my hands and my legs. And um, I can't be happy when the Lord gives and then upset with him when he takes away. Because the end of that verse is regardless of that, whether he gives or whether he takes away. Blessed be the, blessed name, be of the, the name of the Lord. So that's, that's, the, that's the route I chose. Wow. Wow. I say a lot of wows in my podcast because these okay. stories, <laughs> these stories that I hear about yours, blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord, you give it and you take it. And if you decide to take it, then so be it. After all, you know, two years now, Gary, what has kept you and kept that resilience and kept that faith? Um, I, I just... You know, there's there's a line in the sand drawn for most of us, sometimes even on a daily basis right now. Like, what are you going to do in life? What are you going to do when things happen? What are you going to do when when good things happen, when bad things happen? There's, there's lines in the sand for us every day. And, and I remember being in the hospital after my amputations were done. And, you know, no matter what happens to us, it affects us. I mean, nobody is above anxiety and depression and, and even joy and happiness. I mean, we can, we can be across the board emotionally often. And I just remember thinking, you know, there's a line in the sand for me here right now. Am I going to sit on the couch when I get home, when I get discharged and get addicted to pain pills and watch life go by and watch my children grow up without me being a present father? Or am I going to be on the, the, the other side of that line of the sand and saying, I'm not going to allow that to happen. And I'm going to do whatever it takes and fight like crazy to get back to as normal of a life as possible. Yeah. And that's the stance that I've chosen to take. And I know I just trusted and, I, and I'm, I'm choosing to believe that I do not serve a God that would do something like this so big and so drastic to somebody's life if he didn't have something for them on the other side of it. Um, and I don't know that I'll ever know why the Lord allowed this to happen to me, but what I do know is that until I find out, I just want to be faithful and I just want to say yes to any door that he opens for me, which even led me to this interview, this podcast right here, right now, uh, yes. being in this moment, um, just trying to be faithful and just saying yes to, to what he may have in store. I don't know who's listening to this. I don't know who's going to watch it. I, I don't know, but, but Christ does. And, and if, 
if there's one person out there that needed to hear my story to come to know Jesus um, for the very first time. And, and, and if one more person gets to get into heaven because of something that I went through, then I would choose to do it all over again for that moment. Wow, Gary, that's so powerful. And I have to tell you, as you're talking, like I got chills from head to toe like four times. Mm. Uh, it's it's just so powerful and um, so inspiring that you continue to lean on God. But was there a time when you got out and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there wasn't a, a single moment in time that I thought that. I, I think I think that and I still think that for a little bit every single day. Um, you know, I, I, I am still flesh and I still have flesh reactions and responses and thoughts. Yeah. And there are times that, that I look at something and I get defeated and, and I get down often. Yeah. But I always try to remind myself, and, and I'm going to kind of say the same thing that I've already said, but in a different way. That You know, I've, I've spent my whole life and I've lived my whole life saying that God is good and, and telling other people that God is good and preaching that God is good. Yes. But now that something traumatic has happened in my life, am I going to live life like he's not good now? Or am I going to spend my whole life saying that God's good, preaching that God is good, telling other people that God's yeah. good, and something traumatic goes on in my life, and I still actually believe that God is still so, so good, no matter what, and he doesn't make mistakes, and this wasn't an accident for me. So yeah. grounding myself in those thoughts and choosing to believe I serve a God who's in control is the only thing that gets me back to sleep at night. Yeah. And thanks for being honest and vulnerable about that, because even as Christians, sometimes we do, you know, we do feel hopeless and we do feel like, what's our purpose? Why is this happening? You know, we know there's a reason, but but that question is there and, and we do struggle with things that non-Christians struggle with. So thank yeah. you for being vulnerable. So I want to read this to you and then I have a question. I'm going to run. No, I'm going to fly. I'm going to know what it means to live and not just to be alive. The world's going to hear because I'm going to shout and, and I can't read this without getting emotional. And I will be dancing when the circumstances drown the music out. Say I won't. And I can't listen to that song without crying now that I know, you know, you're behind that song. Tell me it's so powerful, the video, but tell me what it means to you. And has that helped you find purpose, that song? Yeah. So let me give you guys just a real glimpse of that song. Um, it was about five years ago. I was going through what I would call a personal identity crisis, um, who I am in Christ. Yeah. Uh, and I have known the guys of Mercy Me for a little over 20 years. I, I used to um, work for them in, in the early 2000s. So um, they're great friends of mine and incredible guys and people. And I remember having this conversation with the lead singer, uh, Bart Miller, and, and he was walking me through this, this, this identity crisis that I felt I was walking through. And, and we would exchange text messages on a daily basis. Um, and and he, he led me exactly where I needed to be. He mentored me, discipled me, and, and, and it, it was life-changing for me in that moment. So, um, you know, fast forward to where we are now, you know, something like this happens to me. And I remember getting a call from him 
um, in early October of 2020 saying, hey, we just wrote a new song and we want you to hear it. Uh, so he sent me the song and I was sobbing and, and yeah. I called him back and I was like, dude, that song was amazing, but it's been 20 years and you've never, you've never called me and asked me to listen to a song. Like why? And he said, think about it. And uh, this is where I get emotional um, yeah. because this song is so personal for me yeah. that the first verse of the song are, are actual lines from our text message thread five years ago when I was going through my identity crisis of who I was in Christ. The entire first verse is word for word, uh, copy and paste text messages that, that Bart and I would send back and forth to each other. Um, and then, and then the chorus, and then the second verse of the song was based on people's Facebook posts that what they were writing about me while I was going through this trauma that I'm going through right now. So uh, those two combined along with the, the fighting words, the anthem words, um, say I won't, uh, just the battle cry kind of feel. It's, it's just a song that is so personal to me because of the words and because because they're based on events that I personally went through. And that's my testimony in, in song form, essentially. Uh, so I was, I was pretty uh, taken back. And then, you know, to get to, that was a very long answer to get to this point <laughs> right here. Um, it's okay. You know, the words in that song, you know, I'm going to run. And I didn't even know if I'd be able to walk again. Yeah. And I'm like, no, forget running. That's not big enough. I want to fly. Yeah. And yeah. uh, I, I want to know what it means to live and not just be alive. And, and I yeah. think that that's something that I've taken on and, and, and changed so drastically because I think I've lived for 38 years. Um, and for the past two and a half years, I'm, I'm figuring out what it means to actually be alive you know, through that. And then no matter what happens in life, you know, he, take, he, he gives and he takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord is the last, essentially the last line in that course that you just read. Yeah. I don't care what happens, but I'm going to be dancing when circumstances drown the music out. When, when, when I feel like everything's hitting the fan, when I feel like I'm on my very worst day of my entire life, to know that I'm still going to be dancing and I'm still going to choose joy because that's the line in the sand I decided to step over onto. Gary, you're just piercing the core of my heart. I, I just... I'm just so amazed. It's just, just so amazing. You don't know how blessed I am to have you here. It's just so amazing. I know that that would resonate. Um, that kind of resilience would resonate with so many of our audience, especially mm. in times like this, especially in times like this. But yeah. that leads to the next question, which I think it's perfect. And I want to read something else to you because I love this. It says, as Gary crossed the finish line of the tailgate to Miller on Sunday morning, the look of pain on his face was evident, but so was the look of determination. Tell me, how how did you run that race without legs? <laughs> it was not very graceful, I'll tell you that. Um, I spent the first year being home from the hospital, uh, going to four different prosthetic facilities. And it was June 7th of just last year, June 7th of 2021, that I went to the fourth prosthetic facility. Uh, it's called Prosthetics and Orthotics Associates in Orlando, Florida. They, they changed my life and gave me a quality of life back that I didn't think I would ever have. Uh, and on June, June 7th last year, they sat down and they said, we're going to up and have you walking for the first time in two days. And then he looked at me and said, you're going to be able to run your first 5K in one month. 
And I looked at him and I said, you're crazy. Like, no, that's not going to happen. And sure enough, two days later, I was up and walking for the very first time. And, and I still didn't believe him about the running thing. So, so I, 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 I did my own version. He told me I was going to be ready for a 5k in 30 days. So I signed up for a 2k in 60 days. (laughs) That's what I did. Um, So on August 15th last year, um, I did start a two-mile race. It was called the Tailgate Two Mile. Um, it's, it's right here by my house, and, and I just I, as soon as I got up on on June 9th and walked for the first time two days after I went to this facility, um, cue the dog. So here comes. He didn't fart. Oh, the horrible intro. Um, sorry. Ekmo, we'll get come say that. hi, Ekmo. So you can say oh, hi, yeah. Ekmo. Okay. I don't, I don't say Ekmo, come. <laughs> see if he'll jump up here with me. Come here. Yeah. If you're listening, nope. we're trying to get Gary <laughs> to show us his dog Ekmo. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll point it down yeah. at the end. He has a ball in his mouth right now because he thinks somebody wants to play, so he's of just course. looking for that. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, so going back, I I I was able to walk uh, two days after I went to the facility, and then I signed up for the race right then, and I put myself on blast on Facebook saying, "I'm doing this race." Who's coming with me? Because I knew if I had accountability, I would actually go through with it. Um, and people just started coming out of the woodworks and buying team t-shirts and, and joining me and supporting me. And there we had these blue t-shirts made that said, I believe in miracles. And, and it was a sea of blue at this race. It was so cool. And other amputees even showed up to support me and run with me. And, and we started the race and um, I, I was able to finish two miles and cross the finish line. And it took me 49 minutes and some seconds. I, I still have the screenshot on my phone because they texted me my results. But um, I was able to start and finish that two-mile race. And, and POA, Prosthetics Orthotics Associates in Orlando, they made me those awesome um, amputee running blades yes. um, that I was able to run on. So they provided those for me to be able to run. And, and that's how I did it. And as an, I I finished and that's all I really cared about, but it was, I love it. You it know, was extremely joyful yeah. and extremely painful. Oh my gosh. I, I can't, I can't even imagine, but I have to share this with you. I am recording from a studio called Sticky Paws. And when the guys made my intro, they put that, I don't know, you saw the intro with the blade in Just there. Saw and, and I thought, will I ever have a person like you guys, do you think we should really? And they're like, yes, Sally, you need to have this. That's the epitome of resilience. And, mm-hmm. and I am so blessed that we, we kept it because it's, it's just, it's just so aligned with the brand and, and, and your story and what we're talking about here today. It meant a lot to me to see that, you know, to yeah. see that yeah. someone like me is, is being somewhat normalized and yeah. just a part of somebody else. And so that, I appreciated that being. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Gary. Um, I wanted to ask you this question. Your ten-year-old. One of the things he had said when you got out of the hospital, he said, "You know that I want to do what the doctors did to save you." But for kids, tell me about your kids. You sound like an amazing, amazing young man. Hang on, that's uh, Asher. Asher. <laughs> We're getting. Oh, come here, bud. Fix your hair. 
This is Asher Miracle, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Asher. How are you? Good. Good. Do you still have the vision of being a doctor to take care of kids and help them the way the doctors help your dad? Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. He has said that from the very beginning, as soon as I got out of the hospital, every time I've asked him what he wanted to do when he grew up, it was always to be the kind of doctor that saved my life, and he wants to do it for kids. And, uh, yeah. An amazing heart uh, with these kids are, are thinking and, and doing in, in life right now and, and watching. And this is this is truly, I mean, I know a lot of maybe father sons say this kind of thing, but yeah. this is genuinely my mini me right here. I, I <laughs> sometimes I look at him and watch him like make a decision as the day goes by, like, what am I gonna do today? Am I gonna am I gonna eat fruity pebbles or frosted flakes for breakfast? <laughs> and he'll choose fruity pebbles and I'll look at him and be like, I, I remember making that same decision. Is that where I went wrong? Like, that where, like how do I how do I speak into this little dude? But uh, this is my man right here, uh, my old boy Asher, and I can't wait to see what God's going to do in it through him. Uh, Asher, I can't wait to, dude. Fist bump. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we do. Uh, we do elbows here in the Miracle Household. Oh, elbow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. Yep. That's Asher. All right, get out of here. <laughs> Back to me. It's 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 always great. It's more fun when they yeah. talk about me. Tell me about the coaching. Are you still coaching the soccer and football teams? I am. Um, I'm getting that opportunity. Actually, uh, just registered the boys yesterday and today um, for the upcoming football season, and I will be coaching three different age groups uh, flag football this season from August until November. So. Super excited to be out. The city approved me to still continue to coach from my wheelchair. Um, oh. This year, I'm hoping to be out of my wheelchair on the fields for the first time and wearing my running blades and running around playing football with the kids. But we'll see. I look forward to seeing that on your social media. You know, I stalk you. So <laughs> it'll be there. Instagram, right? Here we go. Pop, Pop where's the Instagram? George, where's the Instagram? He said Instagram. Ah, shoot. <laughs> we told you we'll catch And I pulled up the website. <laughs> no. Oh, it's, oh, oh, it's we got you. <laughs> Anarchy. I know. I know. Um, so tell me how ECMO has changed your life. Uh, you know, I first got ECMO. He was donated to me um, a year ago through an amazing company uh, right outside of Chicago called Mainstream Training. And they reached out to me because of the Say I Won't video asked if I could benefit from having a service dog. And I told them yes, but I've looked into four different companies and it was just too expensive for me. And they actually found ECMO, um, purchased him, sent him through surgeries, getting him all ready, paid for it all, and they donated him to me. And he is a two and a half year old, uh, purebred, all black German shepherd. And he he's capable of doing three things for me. One that he does on a daily basis, the other two as needed. Um, the first thing, the biggest thing that he does for me, no matter what I drop, you can imagine how many things I drop when you don't have hands. Yeah. I drop everything that I pick up pretty much. Um, he can pick up for me and he hands it back to me, whether it be a T-shirt because I'm changing clothes or he can even pick up something as fine as a credit card for me if I oh, drop wow. that. Amazing. Um, he's a phenomenal dog. Yeah. Um, he is also trained to, if I scream the word help, mm -hmm. he is trained to lose his mind barking to make sure that he can get somebody's attention to come help me. And if nobody's around, he's trained to go sniff out and find my phone and bring it to me so I can call somebody. Oh, wow. That's it's amazing. Just a 
huge sense of security and safety that I feel because I have him. And, yeah. and then the third thing that we're starting to, to enter in now is he's also trained as a balance dog. So if while I am walking um, and he's next to me, if I need help, I can tell him to brace and I can lean on him so that I can keep my balance uh, in that moment. So those are the big three things that he's trained to do for me to give me even more of a quality of life. Wow. That's, I wish he would come so we could see him. I, but... He's laying down right here. I, if I would, if I wouldn't drop the iPad, I'd pick it up. <laughs> so Gary, his, um, you were very intentional about choosing his name. I was. Tell us um, about that. Name ECMO. And when they told me and, 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 and donated him to me, they asked me, we found your dog, two-year-old German Shepherd, what would you like to name him? And I said ECMO. And the reason I chose ECMO, because he was going to give me a quality of life. He was going to be a life support for me um, on a daily basis, you know, from here on out. But the name ECMO came from the actual life support machine that I was on the whole 10 days that I was in a coma. It was the ECMO machine that did two things. Um, it it made the amputations possible for me or, or an option because the way that it works is it takes all of the blood and oxygen and circulation from your limbs to pump into your core. So because I was on that machine for 10 days, it was sucking all my blood and everything out of my limbs. So my arms and legs just started dying. So that was the sacrifice that we made. Um, so it was the form of life support that saved my life and took my limbs at the same time. Uh, but blessed be the name of the Lord. And now I have I have ECMO here with me on the daily as well. So saved my life and he's ongoing life support. Wow. Wow. So on a lighter note, I saw some videos with your navigation skills. How's that coming along? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> your wheelchair navigation skills. How's that coming yeah, along? It, it, I mean, it, it better. <laughs> it could only get better at that point. <laughs> I, my... My house looked like a museum of holes when I first came out of the hospital because my wheelchair driving skills were non-existent and I would just run into everything and, and everything apparently on a wheelchair is pointy. So every time you hit something, you make a hole in the wall. Um, we have since had a company come in and fill all I would. My house now looks like a checkerboard because it hasn't been repainted yet, but um, all of the holes have been repaired and I'm getting better. And not only am I getting better at driving, I'm walking more. So I'm yeah. in the chair less. So everybody wins at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It does get it. So one of the things I heard you said also was that people think you're a veteran and they pay for your meals at the restaurant. Yeah. Is that still happening? That is still happening. It's quite unbelievable. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I, I look the part, right? I'm a quadruple amputee. I'm in a wheelchair. I have a German Shepherd service dog by my side. I have a shaved head. I have a flag tattoo. Like I, I look like I was definitely a veteran. And and some people ask me, um, you know, if I was, and and I quickly say no, I was not, and I would never want to take away from those who serve the, yeah. the real heroes out there. Um, some people don't ask me if I served or not. They'll just come up to me and thank me for my service. And then it just gets weird for everybody because <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, I mean, if it's in passing, I, I just kind of nod and just keep going. I, I, yeah. I don't know the moment. <laughs> but then I get those moments at restaurants where 
the waitress will bring our bill to our family and we'll open it up and it'll say, you know, bill has been paid in full by an anonymous donor at the restaurant. And then under that, it'll say, thank you for your service. (laughs) So listen, I don't want to take away from the people that serve. They are the doing true heroes, but I'm also getting a lot of free dinners out of this. So America. Oh my gosh. (laughs) When I saw that, I was like, that's, that's just so funny. Um, So Gary, how's your kids doing? How are, how are they, you know, how are they dealing with this now after two years? Yeah, it's amazing how these kids and even the kids on my soccer teams and football teams are so blind to what I look like. Mm. Uh, I'm the one that's scared to go in public. I'm the one that feels self-conscious. I'm the one that wants to hide most of the time. Um, and I coach these kids and they don't they don't look at me funny. They don't look at me weird. I don't hear any you know, giggles or talking behind my back or anything like that. Yeah. These kids are just amazing how blind they are to it be we're just living life it's just back to normal life nobody cares <laughs> but yeah. me and i'm working on that i love it i love it yeah so gary tell us how our audience and our listeners can support you ah goodness gracious i you know i i again it goes back to until i figure out why christ allowed this to happen to me i'm going to walk through every door that he opens for me So the way that I feel the most supported is the way that I can attempt to use this story to encourage people. So, you know, having this opportunity with you is is huge support for me mentally and spiritually across the board um, on pretty much every level, allowing me a platform to be able to share my story and, and hopefully say something to somebody that's relevant or funny or helpful or just on time for somebody. I don't know what that looks like for the people listening, but, but that's it. The biggest support I can receive is more opportunities to share the story. Share a story and get your house painted. You never know. Okay. Go to GaryMiracle.com. There you go. That's what I was thinking. Go to GaryMiracle.com and sign up to paint. There it is. I see it. So Gary, what's a takeaway for our audience today? Ah, my goodness gracious. My, my thing that I, all right. So that's my story, right? That that's, we just talked about. Um, and I told you all about my struggles. I told you about me dropping things, you know, life's much different. Life's much harder right now. And the thing that I get so excited is when I'm able to have an opportunity like this, to really flip the script on people that are listening and and venture to say that at the end of the day, every single one of us on this planet, we have struggles. Um, We all struggle with something on a daily basis. And and I get the most joy out of saying, you know, at the end of the day, the only difference between me and you and me and whoever's listening are that my struggles are extremely visible. You can see them. You can see, you know, if you were going out to dinner with me and I was eating and I was holding my fork that I'm probably going to drop my fork. You're going to see that struggle that I have in eating and dropping things. And I guarantee you that if any of you or anybody who's listening, if anybody were out to dinner with me and you saw me drop my fork, I know that without even me having to ask, you would bend down and pick it up and hand it back to me. Um, Hopefully you would wash it off at least. But, uh, but I know that you would hand it back to me 
And because you would see that happen. And, you know, if the only difference between me and you is that my struggles are visible, then that means that I can't see yours. That means that your struggles are invisible. And I don't know what that means for people right here, right now. And, and every single person listening has to fill in the blank on this. Um, you know, my invisible struggle today is this depression, anxiety, finances, marriages, relationships, eating disorder. I mean, we, we can all fill in the blank with something probably pretty big in our life that we struggle with. And, and what I want to tell people is that if I don't know what your struggle is, you see me drop my fork. So you see my struggle. If I can't see your struggle, and if I don't know what your struggle is, then I don't know how to pick up your fork and hand it back to you when you need it the most in whatever it is that you need. So I, I beg people, I urge people to call one person in their life, um, in your life today and risk it and be vulnerable and be brave enough to share with just one person what you're actually struggling with. To call one person and take your mask off and say, listen, nobody knows this, but this is the real me. And these are the real thoughts that I'm having today. And, and I, I encourage people to do that because I know firsthand in my life that sin and struggles find its power in our lives when we keep it hidden. And we want to hide from that because we're all going to have bad circumstances. We're all going to have bad situations. And sometimes our pride gets the best of us and we want to hide that and we don't want to protect that. Uh, but then when we do that, it finds its power because that struggle and that sin in our lives is now invisible and nobody can see what it is. So nobody can step alongside you and link arms with you and do life with you. And, and I'm begging people to do that, to, to take this, this proclamation and, and say, you know, from here on out, I'm just going to do me and I'm going to be me and I'm going to be the real, most authentic version of me, no matter what situation and, and risk it. And what I've learned in that, in, in the sharing of my struggles in the sharing of my sin and the sharing of my thoughts, I am loved more in my life right now when I thought I would be judged for the sharing of all of those things. And, and that's quite the opposite. So um, I urge people to find one person because as soon as you tell that one person that sin and that struggle, the power is gone because it's no longer hidden. Now it's out in the open and we can go verse after verse of how that is, is beneficial for us where two or more are gathered. Iron sharpens iron. You know, if, if you're in it with someone else then it's just easier and there's no power you know, those chains aren't bound to you any longer because you, you shared it. So choosing this day moving forward, I'm not going to have no more bad days. Um, now, I know that's easier said than done. So I have created on my website for the people that aren't there just yet. If you go to GaryMiracle.com, there is a link on the top of it called No More Bad Days. And you can click on that link. And if you're not brave enough to call one person in your life or to text one person or to message one person and be that real, most authentic version of you, which I totally get because it's scary. Let me be that person. Mm -hmm. Go to my website, click on no more bad days and fill out that contact form and just vomit all over me with what you got going on. I promise you that I will respond to you and, and, and help point you in the right direction with what you got going on. But the overarching story in all of that is just don't do life alone. Risk it, be brave, 
surround yourself with people that can encourage you and love on you and pray for you and, and, and build you up in whatever times you're going through on your worst day or your best day or any day kind of covers all of this. Wow. Normally I would say, you know, friends, it's never too late to start living resiliently. And I have my own takeaway, but mic drop to your takeaway. I have mm -hmm. nothing to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> so Gary, I, I just want to thank you today for coming and, and speaking and sharing your heart and your struggle and just being transparent with us. And Sorry. I want to thank our audience for listening today. And um, if you like our show, rate, review, and share with your friends. And thank you to Sticky Paw Studio.